Good evening and praise the Lord, everyone. Happy Monday. We are so um, thankful and grateful to God for another opportunity to go before his throne of grace and there find our help in our time of need. I am Reverend Kate Ophie and tonight joining us, um, we have Reverend Olomufumi Ojitayo. You know, I can break out my Nigerian. Um, I'm so blessed to be able to call him um, a brother beloved, though we have been apart for quite a few years. Um, the Lord had led me to call on my brother from um, undergrad to ask him to join us tonight and lead us in prayer. Reverend Fumi is a pastor and attorney in Tallahassee, Florida, where he is honored to serve the local churches there in his city through the ministry of preaching and teaching. The greatest honor of his life is to love and serve his wife, Avina, and to be father to their three children. Without further ado, I present to you, Reverend Fumi Ojitayo, who will lead us um, in prayer. Good evening, saints. It is good to be with you all this evening and to um, go before the throne room of God um, to petition and to seek his face. Uh, I just briefly want to. Um, exhort us from the word of God in, in Psalm 73 as a way to guide our prayer tonight. Um, Psalm 73, I'm reading from verse 25 and 26. It reads thus, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. We see here in this psalm, this famous verse from Psalm 73, um, Asaph um, psalm, where he cries out in this rapturous delight, there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you, O God. And, and this is a place of high devotion and deep contentment, right? And there are different paths we can take to get to this place, and the road that Asaph took was an unlikely one. It was one that was filled with doubt and confusion and frustration. But his journey holds some valuable lessons for us, even as we try to live into uh, this central theme of uh, at Greater Allen this year, which is greater faith, greater favor, and greater fulfillment. And I want to focus this evening on that path to greater faith. What we'll notice, what we see about Asaph in Psalm 73, that this was a guy who went through a journey of deep vexation, and, and he was perplexed at the harsh realities of our broken world. He was troubled. He was bewildered. And he was looking at wicked people who were seemingly successful and prosperous. And he confessed. He confessed that he's jealous of their prosperity. And he vents his frustration about the unfairness and injustice and the prosperity of the wicked and ungodly people. He says in verse 12, behold, these are the wicked, always at ease, they increase in riches. And for Asaph, and perhaps even for many of us, this isn't just an academic question or mere passing concern. This is a question that we agonize over because the wicked are prospering, it seems, and, and we lose our peace over that. There's such injustice, right? And this leads to lament. He says in verse two, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped. Verse 13, all in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. If I've cried out to God, why are wicked people prospering? And he had these doubts. His faith was contending with 
doubt? And again, these are questions that we deal with, right? Isn't there that one obnoxious, arrogant person who throws their weight around the office and gets away with it? And he's often the one that gets promoted or prospers. Haven't we all had a boss who's quick to take credit for your success and even faster to pass you the blame for his failure? And, you know, we've seen the pushiest and the most ruthless people get ahead faster in their careers, while good, kind, helpful, and reasonable people always seem to get overlooked, right? It is this brazen and exaggerated accomplishment of those who don't deserve it, seemingly, that, 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 that get, they're the ones who get a, ahead. And that raises the question, why does God allow suffering? Why is there so much injustice in our world? Why did God allow tyrants and dictators to perpetrate you know, crimes against humanity? And this injustice and this unfairness is what Asaph is struggling with, what many of us are struggling with, what perhaps a reason why many of us can't step into greater faith, right? But Asaph walked through this very bitter path of uh, this path of bitter discontentment to a place of restful delight and contentment in God. And how did Asaph ma manage this? Well, there are three uh, lessons quickly that I want us to see here. First, Asaph wrestled with his doubts. It's important that we wrestle with our doubts. Sometimes in church, sometimes life, people say, oh, you just, you just got to white knuckle your faith. You just got to believe through it. And, and there's no room for doubt. But we see here in the text, that Asaph didn't ignore the hard questions of life. He didn't brush them aside. He didn't hurry past them because of the demands on his time. And sadly, in our culture, we're, we're not really predisposed to contemplation anymore. We're, we're swept away by the busyness of life. We're drowning in the inane information of social media. And truth be told, saints, this is a risk to our spiritual health if we avoid wrestling with our real doubts that leave us vulnerable in many ways because unaddressed questions can wedge doubts deep into our subconscious and perhaps can even alter our Christian worldview. Worse yet, unresolved doubts can make us unchristlike. For instance, if we don't resolve why pushy people often get ahead, but gracious people are left behind, we may conclude that being pushy is the way to live. We may be kind and loving on Sunday, but we might become selfish and pushy on Monday. But what we see with Asaph is he didn't ignore his doubts. He didn't walk away from doubt. He wrestled with what bothered his soul. And we must too. The other thing you need to notice here is that Asaph dragged his bitter doubt into God's presence. At first, he didn't want to do it. He was wrestling with it with his own power, right? He said that he tried, he was weary, and, and, and he tried to do it. And then eventually came to the sanctuary of God in verse 16 and 7, 17 until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned their end, right? So Asaph's solitary journey with his doubts were in vain. It was only when he came to God's presence that he found closure. And perhaps for many of us, maybe we have avoided the gathering of the saints. Maybe we haven't been to church, but thanks be to God, you're on this call tonight. So you're gathering with the saints to see God's face. And this is the place to be. It is in the presence of God that we can struggle with our doubts. In fact, God invites us to bring our doubts to him. And it is in his presence that God is able to unburden us. And you see, Asaph here went to a physical sanctuary to find God's presence, but our sanctuary is not a space, but a person. Jesus is our sanctuary. He lived in our broken world. He has seen injustice and he en endured the brutal onslaught of it. 
and, and he was cut open. And now we run to him for solace. It is in God's presence that the brokenness of our world can vanish. It is in God's presence that even our brokenness can change. And so we're able to see our reality through the prism of the ultimate, which is that God is working out in eternal redemption and justice. In God's presence, our worldview can change. And then finally, we know that Asaph was this great worship leader that was handpicked by King David to lead the entire nation of Israel in worship. He was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write many of the Psalms that we read today. But at the moment we encounter him in Psalm 73, his heart was messy. In his own words, he was brutish and ignorant. He was like a beast before God. So when he entered God's sanctuary with his bitter doubts, we maybe expected God to rebuke him. But God didn't do that. In the sanctuary, God held Asaph's right hand. This was a, a gesture of love and comfort. Asaph's soul was in angst, and God comforted him. Asaph was angry and bitter, but God calmed him. Asaph was wrong in every sense, but God didn't rebuke him. God loved him. God didn't punish him for his doubts. God loved him despite his doubts. And Asaph experienced grace. Grace is what changes us. Grace is what leads to greater faith. Because at the end of the day, we can't white knuckle our way to faith. We need God. It is our dependence on God. In fact, you remember the, the father of the mute child in Mark 9? He said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. So in many ways, our stepping into greater faith depends indeed on greater grace. And so tonight, let us go to the presence of God to process our doubts, our confusion. And let us take these things to him, and in exchange for our doubts, that God will give us a greater faith. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, tonight as we ponder the impassioned declaration of the psalmist, we cry out, us too, O Lord, us too. May we live by the mathematics of mercy, faith calculating your unparalleled worth in a world of fool's gold and temporal pleasures. Oh God, grant us the perspective of eternity, that we may live our days with heaven's hope and its matchless joys and views. Keep us gospel saying, oh God, thinking with the mind of Christ, reasoning by the riches of grace and worshiping with you in spirit and truth. Father God, give us more satisfaction in you than in any story, than in any situation or in any circumstance that we might choose for ourselves. Lord, we thank you for giving us many gifts to enjoy, but we want you to be the most gratifying feast of our hearts. We want you to be our portion and our passion, our treasure and our inheritance. By your Holy Spirit, make it so. Make it more true and real to us than ever before, Lord. And we ask, Lord, that you'll forgive us for our ingratitude and our envy and our fears and our lack of trust. Free us from every expression of entitlement and demandingness. Heal our gospel amnesia, God. Lord, because sometimes we can forget that we're children of the light, that we're daughters and sons of grace, that we've been hidden in Christ, sealed for eternity, and that you rejoice over us with singing. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will speak to our hearts, even as we bring our doubts to you this evening. Lord God, many of us perhaps are struggling with faith. We see those who seemingly don't deserve it prospering. We'll see the wicked making it. They're driving the best cars. They're living their best life. And yet here we are trying to be 
honest and work in integrity. And it seems like the world and all circumstances are arrayed against us. Lord, we cry out with Asaph, how long, oh God, how long? But we know, even as he taught his heart, we want to teach our hearts tonight, oh God, that there is nothing that we have in heaven, under heaven, but you. There is nothing on this earth that we desire besides you. Because even if we have nothing but have you, we have everything. Oh, Lord God, that even when our flesh and our heart may fail, even when our doubts may put us in a dark place, Lord, we ask that you will be the strength of our heart, that you will be our portion forever. Even as you told the, the tribe of Levi that they would not get any in any portion of the land when they entered into Israel, you said that you were going to be their portion because indeed to have God is to have everything. God, we cry out to you tonight. Give us more of yourself. Give us more of yourself that we will know you deeper, that we will love you deeper, that we'll experience you in new and dynamic ways, Father, that you will be our portion. That, Lord, when we behold your beauty, when we receive you and know you for all that you are, our doubts, O oh Lord, will, will melt away in the face of God's goodness and magnanimity and largesse and faithfulness, his faithfulness and mercies that are renewed morning by morning. Oh God, that you will be our portion. We want more of you, Father. We want more of you, Father. Holy Spirit, we ask that you will apply the gospel to our hearts yet again. Lord God, bring us back to our senses, to gospel sanity, that we will come to you knowing that we do belong to you, that you are all that really matters, that we can hold on to you, grip you, your right hand with the grip of grace. Even when we try to pull away, even when our doubts try to suck it away, you are holding on to us, oh God. And we ask that you will guide us, working in all things for our good and for your glory. Even when we don't see it or feel it, we ask that you will bring your work in us to completion. You will deliver us safely into the new heaven, into a new earth. Lord God, our prayer is that we will experience your peace and your hope that knows no bounds. For even when there's tumult and storms all around us, we will have a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that will guard our heart and mind in Christ Jesus, a peace where those will look at it and see, how is it that she's doing it? How is he that he's getting by? How is it that everybody else is losing their mind, but he's got a peace of mind. Oh God, that that will be our testimony. That will be, oh Lord, our, our delight in you. That when everything else is going wrong, because we are stay, our eyes are stayed on you and we're centered in your grace. We're centered in your power. We're centered in your love. We're centered, oh Lord, in your steadfast love and faithfulness and mercies. Lord, that peace will guard our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. And we say, oh Lord, we ask tonight, even for the grace to be honest with ourselves, to be honest with you in our doubts, in our faithlessness, Lord, in, in, in our troubles, to bring it all to the foot of the cross. Lord God, to be able to know that you welcome us, you welcome us into your sanctuary with all of these things, with our burdens, that we can exchange our heavy burdens. 
O Lord, for that which is light. Our yoke that is hard for yours that is easy. Lord God, the divine exchange that will bring it all to you and that you will give us more of yourself. Lord God, we know that in all things you are good. And we ask, Lord, now that we want more of you, more of your goodness, that we desire you more than getting our way, more than having less pain, more than gaining more control. Oh, Lord, we know that perfect health or easy circumstances are no guarantee, but you have given us yourself in the righteousness of Jesus and a perfect future. Hallelujah, Lord. We are yours and you are ours forevermore. Lord, we are hidden in Christ sealed for eternity, rejoicing with you. We adore you, Father. We praise your holy name because you're working in us even a greater faith, a greater reliance, a greater trust in you that in all things, in all our circumstances, in the ups and the downs, in the trials and in the tribulations, in the pain and in the praise, in all things in between. Lord God, we are resting on you. Lord, we may not know what tomorrow brings, but we place our hands into the he, into the hands of him who holds our tomorrows. And we trust you. We have faith in you. We have confidence in you, O oh God. We have a hope and an assurance that will never be put to shame. And it is upon this that we rest. It is upon the rock of ages, the ancient of days, the I am that I am, the beginning and the end, the one who was and is and is to come. Oh, Lord, we rest upon you, having full confidence that you got us. We are yours and you are ours forevermore. Blessed be your holy name, Father. So very amen, we pray in Jesus' exalted and glorious name. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. We thank God for the conviction that we've received and the encouragement to draw near and to wrestle and to allow Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and to and to ease us into his presence continually. I pray that you will take the word that we receive tonight, that you will carry it with you throughout this week, that you will be encouraged to abide in him so that he can abide in us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And that not only we would abide, but we would allow the weariness of our days to, to flow off of us as we continue to trust him all the more for greater faith. We are grateful to God for that reminder tonight, for how his spirit has spoken to us through our intercessor tonight. Thank you so much, Reverend Fumi Ojitayo. And on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Marguerite Lay McCollins Flake, our pastor emeritus, Reverend Dr. Floyd Flake, we bid you a good evening and pray that you will continue to rest in the presence of the Lord and allow his spirit to lead you all throughout this week. And we also pray that you will join us again tomorrow night as we continue to beseech the Lord and allow him to lead us into greater faith, greater favor, greater fulfillment. God bless you and have a good night.